Hey everyone, this is Daryl Ewing, Chairman for Rounds for Research in the Carolinas. It's that time of year again, time to get your donations in for Rounds for Research. Last year, we as an association raised over $75,000, and this year we are aiming for significantly more. Since the program's inception in 2009, we have funded essential research projects at NC State and Clemson. So go to roundsforresearch.com and donate a round or two today. Don't delay. The auction starts April 24th. Welcome to Pulling Weeds, a podcast of the Carolinas GCSA. We'd like to remind you that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of those of the people on the podcast and do not reflect the views of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendent Association or any of its sponsors. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. We're back with another guest today. We are here with the illustrious Todd Armstrong from the Smith Turf and Irrigation Company. Say hello, Todd. Hello, everyone. How are we doing today, bud? Outstanding. Glad to be here. So, um, Todd, do you know why you're here? I really don't. I was just directed to this back room by Mr. Krieger, and, you know, I just, I'm a rule follower. You know, here's the best part about having Todd back here, y'all. We're going to stay on topic because Todd and I have spent a few years together um, in the roles that we have. And um, if we get off topic, ladies and gentlemen, we might not find a topic and we could be here for a while. So in an effort to stay on our time schedule, I have asked Mr. Armstrong to come back here and you're going to play a game where we're going to ask you some questions and you give us some answers. Okay. We're going to keep it real easy. And I've actually got them all written down. Can I see the answers? You have to give them. I only have questions. Um the, the difference is with you and everyone else today, we've bantered a little bit, and we've asked them to pick a random number. I will ask them a question, and they'll give an answer. But for you and I to stay on topic today, we're just going to ask these questions, get your answers, and move on to the next one. Understood. Are you ready? Understood. I am. Okay. How many deviled eggs can you make from two whole eggs? Depends on how you slice them. Four. Okay. Four. Well said. Who is in your dream foursome? George Fisher, Bill Anderson, and Freddie. And we're talking about Freddie couples, not two glugs, correct? That's right. That's okay. Right. Just making sure. Okay. Woo. Who's your favorite superintendent you ever worked for? Rick Briley, City of High Point. All right, tell us a little bit about Rick. Oh, Rick got me in the business. Um, I was just uh, I was loading trucks actually for Old Dominion at night. I was working from six at night till about two in the morning. I found out he had an opening, and uh, just went and applied for the job. And he got me interested in the business and fell in love with it and directed me to NC State. And it just uh, all kind of fell into place. Okay, so I was going to ask you why you were working at Old Dominion with a degree from State. So <laughs> well, I'm glad before, you cleared this that was up prior to my to my degree from NC State. I was actually in school at Lee's McCray. I was going to be an accountant, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that obviously didn't work out. Well, with a scholarship offer for somebody in my household to go to Lee's McCray, we're not going to go down that road. We're going to assume it's a great college. It's a great college. Good place to be to uh, get your feet settled in and find find a lifestyle, okay, but not not Old Dominion necessarily. Uh, All right. Um, Gosh, I got so many questions I want to go down that road with, but we're going to stay focused here. What's your best career advice you'd give someone? 
Do what you love doing. If you got to do it all day, every day, and you got to make a career out of it, do what you love doing. The money will take care of itself. It will. Well said. Well said. Do you still enjoy doing what you're doing every day? I love what I do. I love uh, representing Smith Turf. I love representing Toro. But I love mostly what my customers, golf course superintendents, do, and I, I really enjoy being a part of that. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, we've been talking about it. You haven't heard all day, but it's relationships. It's people. Absolutely. And, I mean, yeah. we talk about all the perks and the benefits and the things that why we got into this, but once you're into it, what keeps you going? And I swear it's the people. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. This is going to be a little tough because you do work for Smith Turf. So this was based on a golf course. But I'm going to run with it just in case. What's the oldest piece of equipment in the shop? Parkmaster. Still have one? Uh, I'm sure we still have them, yeah. And I see – I run across one every now and then. I saw one at uh, the Old Linville Golf Club about a month ago, and they were – they were running it, uh, mowing rough, and it was working great. When would those have been made? Help me out. I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, I don't know. Probably the first one was in the mid-70s. Okay. Yeah. About the time you got out of school. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, we almost had our first beep there. All right, back on task. Um, okay. <laughs> so Todd was a former superintendent before he got into sales, so some of these questions have relevance. Okay. okay. What's the oldest chemistry of fungicide you've ever used? Oldest chemistry, probably Chipco 26019. Does that translate if I use the uh, the codex to DDT? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> the letter, do you set the spreader to DDT when you apply that? Okay, so whatever that was, 26019. It was a fungicide. Correct. Was that in more current use than mercury? It was more current than mercury, <laughs> okay. but not a lot. <laughs> okay. How do you spread mercury? I don't know. Okay. Very carefully. Well, we had this discussion <laughs> earlier with somebody else because I'm like, do you just eyedropper it out? Like, how do you – I don't know how you dilute it to get it out. I have no idea. Okay. All right. At what point did you know, not necessarily your age, but like the aha moment that you wanted to be a golf course superintendent? You know, my first summer on the golf course, I was weed-eating creek banks and raking bunkers and edging bunkers and moving T-markers. And uh, late that year, Rick Briley put me on a park master and let me mow fairways. And I just, I just fell in love with it. And it's all, I, it's all I've wanted to do ever since. I've been off the golf course for 30 years now. But uh, until Tim Davis left Cabarrus Country Club, he would still let me mow fairways every now and then. And I'm sure Kevin would as well if I went back and asked, but – uh, I miss I miss being on the golf course. I miss mowing fairways. I miss setting up. I miss changing cups. I mean, people think I'm crazy, but I, but I do. I enjoy doing that. There's a lot of golf courses where you live. You could volunteer to do that. Yeah, I'm sure that I probably could. <laughs> <laughs> the money will work itself out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So this is similar to the earlier one, but we're going to let it slide again. What's the best piece of a career advice you've ever been given, and who gave it to you? Oh, George Fisher told me once, uh, I have a lot of Fisherisms, but uh, George told me once, he said, you get up every day and you do everything you can to help your customer get to where they want to be and everything will work itself out. And it was, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, served me for 30 years and, and I don't plan on changing it. And I'm, I'm sincere about that. It's, and I, and I try to encourage my people to, 
to, to look at their days and their weeks and their months that way. Just do everything you can to help your customer get to where he or she wants to be. Everything else will fall into place. Well, and do you, do you find that was easier for George to espouse on you as a salesman with no annual quotas? <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> George won't listen to this. It's fine. All right. Um, what's the wildest thing you ever found on a golf course? Wow. You know, we've all found horseshoes, and I've found a couple. Um. I guess I found a bird's nest with three baby birds in a cup on the 14th hole at Blair Park. The flag was laying down, and the flag was covering up the cup. And I pulled the flag up, and somebody had taken a bird's nest out of a tree and shoved it down in the hole with with three baby birds in it. So I took it out and tried to put it back up in a tree, but the birds, they didn't make it. That's tough. Mm. Sorry to be such a downer, but that that was pretty wild. No, we got yeah. graveyard in a previous yeah. answer, so you really <laughs> couldn't go any downer-ish than that. I mean, we, we we started discussing how high and low the lake levels were when they were actually buried in the 1700s, so you did good there. All right. Ooh, this one, I don't know. You're still playing golf, correct? Some. Oldest golf club in your bag? Oh, they're all new. They're all new. <laughs> Salesman. All right. Um, why is it important to know the life cycle of a mole cricket? You know, being uh, uh, in the uh, Piedmont of North Carolina, most of my career with heavy clay soils, we just didn't deal with mole crickets that much. I've uh, killed a dozen or so, but I've just stepped on them. We never, we never, I never applied any product for a mole cricket, so I don't know. So your experience with Dawn soap is right up there with mine. Yeah. It's used right. for dishes. That's right. That's okay. Right. All right. All right. So, um, now it's your turn. You can ask me anything. I can edit these. Just know that. What's the wildest thing you ever saw on a golf course? I'll give you an experience. Um, I had never played. This is when I, okay, after college, was living in Fayetteville. My assistant was a jump master from the 82nd Airborne Division that I hired, and he took me to his hometown of Columbus, Ohio. So, Apparently, it's just across the bridge from West Virginia, as best I can recall. And he and his dad, who worked for like a, a union or something or a mill or something, I forget, just a hard guy, you know, just a grumpy old man. And we're going to go play golf in West Virginia. All right, cool. So he and Chris and his father and I would go to West Virginia, and we'd pull into this course. Now, mind you, I'd grown up in Hawaii. So my golfing experience was only Hawaiian golf courses at this point. I didn't play till I was 16, really. And there's this huge hedgerow of trees. We park in the parking lot, and we go in the golf shop, and it's like an unfinished barn. Should have been my first sign. Never seen anything like this before. So we go to the counter, and we pay, and um, we're going to ride. And the guy's like, all right, yep, 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 something or other. And we pay for carts. And so we go outside, and there aren't any carts. I go back in, and I'm like, yes, sir, we paid for carts. And he tosses a couple keys across the counter. They're in the barn, boy. So, all right, second sign. So we go out and we, we get the carts out of the barn. Now, these are all new experiences to me. It's like, you know, 20-something-year-old, kind of spoiled golf. And um, I think we'd played about two or three holes, and we get behind this row of, I think they were Leland Cypresses or something, and, man, I just hear these people screaming. Just never on a golf course have I heard people being this loud. And so I kind of sneak around the bushes, and I look, and there are four guys – 
three of them were in cutoff blue jeans with no shirts on. One dude was in cutoff overalls with no shirt underneath. One of them had just made a hole in one. And I can't tell you the amount of beer cans that I'd seen around those carts two holes later. And I'm like, so you can play golf barefooted without a shirt on? I'm in. <laughs> and it took me to go to West Virginia to see that after growing up in Hawaii playing golf. Long-winded version, but sorry. Good. All right. Um, so let's go backwards a little bit just for people's benefit since we've covered the questions. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Gaston County till I was about 12 years old, and my family, my uh, father was transferred to Greensboro, so we moved to the High Point Greensboro area in 1976. Okay. I wasn't going to date you, but thank you. So right. we know you okay. were born in 52, based on my math. 63. There. It's bad <laughs> math. It's okay. Yeah. Um, went to high school there? Went to high school there, yep. Got done with high school, piddled around, found a job at Old Dominion. Good enough I, summary? Actually, got out of high school, went and played football at Lee's McCray for two years. Played at Lee's McCray for two years, or a year and a half. Okay. Was up there for, for, for two On scholarship? Uh, it was a grant in aid. They really didn't have scholarships. It was JUCO, but I was just hanging on to high school football. And yeah. Was six foot, 160 pounds. and wanted to be 240 and wasn't, so I figured out pretty quick I wasn't big enough to play on that level. But um, I had a good time. I uh, was up there for a year and a half, came home, Dropped out of school for a semester, went back to work full-time on the golf course. And that's when uh, Rick Briley just kind of really got me interested in the business. So when I went back to school, I went back to NC State and finished there. And so you didn't have to do four years of state then, did you? No, I was only there for three semesters. Three semesters. So who are some of the guys in the industry that that we all know that were there at your time? So Let Scott, me just throw a couple out. Go ahead. Scott Martin. Scott Martin. Mike Friedel, who's still up in the mountains of Western North Carolina, he doesn't come to a lot of the meetings, but he's still around. Um, Kevin Mansfield, who works for Steve Hamilton at the Dunes Club now. Kevin uh, became the golf course superintendent at Alamance Country Club. Okay, he was there for about twelve or thirteen years, I think. Uh, Dirk Fanning. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, Dirk and I were in school together. Um, Is he still over at the Puppy at Bayonet Creek? He he retired this year. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, he did. So, uh, gosh, who else? There are others, but my. Memories slipping. So, D. Lee, younger generation. Doug. Yeah. Doug. You know, Doug was there, but Doug was a couple years behind me. Okay. Yeah. That's Doug Lowe that we're talking about, yeah. by the Danny way. Danny Gwynn. Danny Gwynn was about a semester ahead of me, but I, but I knew Gwynn at the time. So, y'all had one of those classes, like I joke with at um, Clemson, when it was Randy Long and Don Garrett, I guess, and Will, Will, Will Holroyd knows. Yeah. I was like, it was like the 83 draft class of oh, the yeah. NFL. You know what I mean? You guys had something similar to that. We had a good group. We had a lot of fun. All right, so you got out of state. Then what would you do? I uh, went to work at Sapona Country Club as the assistant superintendent for Pat McCabe. And uh, Pat's no longer in the business. Uh, I only worked for Pat for, for less than a year. Uh, an opportunity came up to go back to the city of High Point, and I was driving so far back and forth to Sapona and, uh, you know, I think I was making thirteen five or something like that at the time. That's not per hour. No, no. Like today's starting wage. Per year. Um, I went back to work for about six months, and Rory Ellington was at Gaston, and uh, Rory got the job at Cedar Rock in Lenore, and Rory and I were in a wedding together, and that's where I met him. And he, uh, that, that's I got the job at, uh, got the assistant job at Gaston Country Club, and we worked at Gaston for about a year and a half, close to two years, um, and then I took the job at the Rock Hill Country Club. Seven, and that was your last superintendent job. Is that it was, correct? Yeah. 
And then from there, you went right to Smith Turf and Irrigation? I didn't. I worked for a small company for about six months, five months. Uh, and then during that time, I actually was offered the job to come back to the Rock Hill Country Club, which I accepted. And in between that, I ran into George Fisher to Western North Carolina Superintendent's meeting, and he mentioned something about a position at STI. And that's, that's how it happened. I started. So did you go back to Rock Hill? No, I never you screwed went. them. I never went. Hung them, hung them high and dry for a couple I, weeks, you know, told had, them you were coming. I had to decline after about five or six days, but um, I started at STI in July of '93, and in July this year it'll be thirty years. Thirty years. I can't believe that. Wow, you're almost as old as the association. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, Lake Wiley is the one that's right on the the lake right like rock hill country clubs is it it's not right on the lake no no not at all no it's, okay. in, the middle, it's in the middle of rock hill it's really close to 77 actually but that's uh that's river hills lake wiley i gotcha yeah. okay cool all right so um if you were ha- if you had a superintendent let's say someone in the room today that was going to transition and they said i've just had enough right you've, you've been there superintendent wise man I, I gotta i gotta go do something else but i want to stay in the industry what piece of advice would you offer well, you got to be the kind of person that when I'm looking to hire someone, I, I call it the gas factor. How much of a gas factor does this guy have? It's uh, it, You have to care about what our customers do. You have to be able to empathize. It's hard for me to hire someone that doesn't know the difference between a fairway unit and an air fire. I mean, I need someone out there that, that gets what's happening on the golf course. And, um, so, so one that can empathize, uh, but one that generally cares about helping people. You know, we tell, I tell customers all the time, look, I don't want you to call me on Saturdays, but I want you to know you can. If you call me on Saturday, you've probably got a problem, but we want to know about it. And, and my guys and all our guys, we, we answer the phone. I mean, it, if it's January and the back left head on the 14th green's not working, I'm probably not going to worry too much about it. But if, uh, if we've got problems during the growing season and things are happening, it doesn't matter what day it is. Is that a um – Todd Armstrongism, or is that a combination of that and a strong family philosophy that comes out with the company that you work for? Well, that's a great question. Our culture is, uh, I mean, we just want our customers to be happy with what we do. Uh, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. But when we make mistakes, we just take care of them. And that's, uh, you know, we just try to do the right thing, try to do the next right thing. Hardest question of the day. If I were to order something today, <laughs> when would I get it? It depends on what you ordered. A sprinkler head. Oh, tomorrow. Uh, a million and a half dollar irrigation system for a renovation. Uh, this year? Oh, 60 to 90 days. Uh fairway mower. Mm. It's out of your control. It is out of my control, but probably 12 to 18 months. I should clarify. He's the um, the irrigation. Yeah, I manage the irrigation. Manager. Yep. Like, what's your official title? I'm the sales manager for the Golf and Grounds Group, but my 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 role is to handle the golf irrigation team. And, and the Brent team. handles Brent handles commercial. Gotcha. Yeah. So that was really an unfair question. I shouldn't have put that on. Yeah, you, but right? I think that's probably what he would tell you. He coaches me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not putting any more. I mean, the industry knows what's going on. Everybody's aware of it. It well, is what it is. Yeah, they they do, and and people are starting to understand. Hey, we want our customers to have their equipment as bad as they want it. For sure. Yeah. And for the price that they want it at. It it ain't like these margins or these prices that are changing are driven by the distributors. No, not at all. And I think that's a point that everybody needs to be aware of too. I mean, it's hard and it's, uh, it's frustrating for everybody. It's frustrating for us. It's frustrating for our customers, but it's, 
It's the world that we live in right now. Think of every raw material that goes into producing that that, right. that mower exactly. and, and the costs that have gone up on it and the, the, the analogy we just used earlier today in there as well. So, yeah. All right, well, do you have anything else that you'd like to tell the turf world? Um, no, just uh, glad to be a part of it. Um, uh, if the Smiths will have me, I'm going to stay around for the rest of my career. And uh, I love I love this business. My personal friends, my best friends, are, are people in this business. And uh, man, I miss Bill Anderson. He was uh, he was a great close friend, and, and we talked uh, we talked pretty regular. But yeah, my buddies are, are in this business, and I can't imagine not being in this business. So thanks, wonderful. Thanks for letting me do this. Well, I'm gonna close with uh, a comment that I heard when I first came to work over here, and I've shared it with y'all before. But um, I didn't know what Smith Turp was. I'd been in the golf, I should say business, junior golf, fundraising for seven years in the Carolinas. Never even really heard of it. Um, probably had maybe with an introduction at an event or so, like the golf ball that y'all came to. Um, but I came to work for the Carolinas, and at the time we had, um, I was the sixth employee, and y'all's name came up, and I asked the question, you know, like, who is this? And the short answer that was given by one of the members of the team was, if any of my children want to work in this industry, I want them to work for Smith Turf. And that's, I'm going into 16 years later and that still resounds with me. And so anyhow, I just always love sharing that whenever the opportunity's right. And I think that's the philosophy that you and your team carry. And, you know, we're lucky to be able to call each other friends and still hold each other accountable. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's the best part about this, this industry. So Todd, I appreciate your time today. I hope we didn't keep you out of Joe Roberts nematode version that you needed. You did, but it's okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) We appreciate you coming in, man. Have a great day. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. Welcome in. We've got another one of our fighting mole crickets with us, Mr. Harrison Rothwell. How are we doing? Fine. How about you, man? Pretty good. Man, I just love playing with that music (laughs) because I could have let that song go the whole time. Great (laughs) choice, by the way. So how, at your age, can you have an appreciation for that type of music? Uh, definitely my parents growing up, uh, you know, when my dad, my dad would do a lot of cooking in the kitchen and he'd always have something playing or even just out back on the back porch, always have something playing. And, um, they were always super into it. And I never, I mean, music, I just try to keep an open opinion. I listen to all sorts of things, kind of phase in, phase out time to time. Nah, that's awesome. You're, um. Loaded question for you as the son. Is your dad as cool growing up as he seems to all the rest of us? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. He's yeah? pretty good. Yeah. Now, tell everybody, where are you from? From uh, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. That's where you grew up? Yep. Born, born and raised? Born and raised. Went to Hilton Head High. Like on the island? Yep. Not like Bluffton. Uh, like we got to clear it all up. Hilton Head Hospital. Lived in the uh, same house on the south end of the island near Sea Pines uh, my whole life. and still They still got that house there, so. That's where the old man still lives. Yep. Now tell everybody, where does he work? He is at Oyster Reef Golf Club. I believe he's been there for 24 years. So we're going to say your lifespan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm 21. So, yeah. That's <laughs> I didn't, the de- want, I that's, didn't have to put it out there. That's the definition of the home turf. Yeah. It's Oyster Reef, that place. Yeah. It is. Me and my brother. I mean, that's like the back of our hands playing, playing there. Your brother into turf? Yep. He... Um, just finished the Rutgers uh, certificate program, and I believe he is on the road right now. He's heading for the West Coast, uh, just took an assistance job out there. 
Is he at some fancy place like Parker that I need to be paying yeah. attention to? He's at Arinda Country Club. Mm. It's a uh, it's a pretty sweet spot. Um, we uh, we I was fortunate to uh, play there probably a year ago, um, or before I started school. Did a little road trip with him. He was out at Bandon uh, oh. working there, and then Pasa Tiempo there, and did a road. Did you play trip both of down, those as yeah, well? Did a road trip down uh, West Coast Highway. That was pretty sweet. Well, being upset at a 21-year-old that isn't your own son's a little tough this early in the morning, but I'm going to try and get over it. I just love to hear from the youngsters that golf still matters. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, like to hear, you know, one of your classmates say the reason he, you know, took a job was affordable golf, yeah. free golf, yeah. et cetera. Oh, it's a huge plus. Yeah. But you're a little different, right, because we've covered your dad, golf course superintendent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of grew up in turf. Not really at all um and that's it's fine because that's what everyone assumes assumes yeah just because i my first job um for golf course maintenance was at chichesse creek club the summer before i started hori georgetown okay uh so more of i was caddying at uh harbor town before that i was going to usc kind of just in the business school trying to find something usc buford uh no usc columbia oh so you went up there yep Poor thing. <laughs> yeah. You're in God's country today. I can say things like that. <laughs> yeah. We're recording in Clemson, folks, so sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then stopped going to school there because I was like, I, I got to find something and lock in on that instead of just kind of wasting time at school trying to find something along the way. Um, so I just kind of started caddying at Harbortown um, just – for the money really um and that kind of led to i got more into the game of golf started playing more started really fell in love with practicing um i'd show up early before shift just to like hit some balls and then maybe play nine holes after um but yeah very fortunate uh to be able to work there and that kind of drove my interest towards the game and then i you know started asking my dad some stuff about what he does. Um, went in to work a couple of times with him. Really not working, but just riding around, kind of seeing what goes on. Because, I mean, I, I didn't know a thing. Um, and, and you didn't want to go on a weed eater your first day working no, for the old man. No. So we're just going to check this out, Dad. Yeah. And uh, he and I couldn't work there uh, just because father-son relationship. So he had suggested I go work for uh, Nate Steveley and – Corey out at uh, Chichesse, and that's kind of where that was the first golf course that I really was like, wow, this is like different than most of the ones I see. Um, and just like, you know, no houses. It was like, all I played was residential golf and on Hilton Head with trees everywhere. God, um, to go from Hilton Head or from Harbor Town to Chichesse? Yeah, to oh. two pretty, pretty oh. opposite spots, but yeah, very good ones. Um, that's why I love Chichesse as well. It's very peaceful out there. And, uh, yeah, Nate, very fortunate, um, for Nate. He kind of took me under his wing. I mean, that's where I learned how to use a walk mower. I didn't know anything there, uh, going into it. So he really showed me the ropes and, uh, that was really cool. And I still have a good relationship with those guys and, uh, Nate's a great dude. Yeah. So he was um, Bill Kennedy's assistant mm-hmm. when Bill was president of the association. Like yeah. 
Bill came on the board about the time I got hired, so it was kind of like we were the new guys. So it was kind of cool to have that relationship, and that's why, I mean, I'll always have a special place in, in my memories for Chichesse. I yeah. mean, that place. I got to speak at a low country meeting down there. I think it was right before COVID, and this was after the lodge was built, mm-hmm. and I got to stay in the lodge yeah, the first time ever. Awesome. You know, somebody asked me, like, well, how was your commute down this morning thinking I'd come from Greenville? I was mm-hmm. like, no, I think I counted it at 17 steps from <laughs> yeah. breakfast or from my bed to breakfast. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's focus here. we got some questions we got to run through. Mm-hmm. Don't want to be limited on time. Don't want to make it all about Dad. <laughs> all right, first one, how many deviled eggs can I- you make from two whole eggs? I would have to agree with the previous answer I heard of four would <laughs> be okay. my best judgment. All right, cool. Just checking. Just checking. Um, all right, pick a number, one through 11. Um, we'll see how good his memory is from earlier know, if you picked any of them. I thought seven was a good one. Seven. He's going to see if seven was a good one. Oh, yeah, 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 seven's a good one. At what point did you know, uh, yeah. not necessarily your age, that you wanted to be a golf course superintendent? I'd say it kind of coincided with that same timing of just starting at Chichesse. Probably, toward, I mean, obviously had to spend some time in school to probably really get that assurance. Um, but I'd say probably when I, I started working at the Dunes Club when I first started school, and I've been there ever since. And they, Steve and JT, uh, definitely helped, probably helped assured that. Um, just with how they operate and their how they would help us, you know, definitely take time out of their day to teach us some key and sure. important stuff. We'd kind of always try and do, if it was calibrating a spreader or a sprayer, or, you know, something more advanced than just your normal operation, they'd take the time and show us that uh, kind of on their own, which was uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I look at, Steve in particular, you know, if I was 22 years old and wanted to do the same career path, you know, and you look at somebody that you could work for and you could follow, you could have a lot worse examples. Yeah. I would say that, you know, um, successful, great family. Yeah. You know, all the things that we talk about as we get older that we look forward to that you guys haven't necessarily had the challenges with the balance and the family and all that nonsense, but you can learn from that as well as your occupation. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Pick another one. Um... Two. That was, I think, the one I was trying to remember. Now I remember. What well, you're going to put yourself on the spot. I'll do a random one next. Time. W- favorite superintendent you've worked for? Yeah, it's hard to <laughs> hard to pick one. And I'd say just because I've kind of, the three courses I've worked at have all really been totally different experiences. Chichesi being my introduction, kind of just learning the ropes. Um I went up to Wisconsin for my summer internship last summer um, for s- school and uh, got to new construction from scratch up at Sand Valley, uh, helping build uh, the Lido. So that, okay. was, that was pretty cool. So no doubt. Totally, once again, totally different growing. So Another one of those you just yeah. see on the Twitter machine, but yeah, now yeah. I know somebody who's been there. Okay. Yep. So that was really cool because, yeah, I mean, just a ton of hydro seeding, ton of seeding greens and just fertilizing everything um 
So that, that was an awesome once-in-a-lifetime experience. To kind Did of you see just say hydro-seeding greens? No, hydro-seeding. Okay. We hydro-seeded okay. okay. everything, and then seed, we just I just making sure. I was like, man, I don't know if I've heard that one before. <laughs> okay. All right. um, and then, yeah, and then Dunes Club. Um, Steve uh, really diving in-depth to some of the, not just the cultural practices, but why, the reason behind why you do them. And so... Yeah, it's really I I can't really pick one, which is probably the cop out answer. But it is, but that's all right. We don't <laughs> want anybody getting in trouble here, especially still being in school. But it's good to know that Steve's got opportunities for you guys over there. Yeah, you know, um, there's a lot of clubs at the beach. So yeah, okay, pick a random one. Um, how many is there total? One, three, eleven, eleven. Uh, I'm gonna go with number ten because I want to know. Go ahead. What's the oldest golf club in your bag, and mm. what is it? Probably not that old. Exactly. Of, That's why I wanted to hear this. Uh, the oldest? You're going to say like 18 months. Irons. It was my three wood. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I think I've only had my irons for like two years. I never spent a dime on golf growing up. Never really had, you know, I had a set that, I mean, they didn't match. Sure. But, you know, just throw them in the bag. Um, and, yeah, didn't really care or get into the game itself. Um, you know, would play in high school with buddies at Oyster Reef. Um, but, you know, not playing by the rules, not really keeping sure. the score. Just having uh, fun. Yeah. But, yeah, so my irons. Bought those, I don't know, maybe two years ago, which when I kind of – What They're Callaway. I think like the uh, Maverick Pros, I think. Did you notice a difference? Not, yeah. Not at, right at first, not but at once first, you get used to yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, equipment. Yeah, those doesn't are matter. The, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I you know, some people can go hit it around with anything, but um, anyhow. All right, pick another one. Uh, six. Oh, I don't think we've done that one yet. Oh, not here. This will be good. Another one that will date you. What's the oldest chemistry of fungicide that you've ever used? I picked wrong. Uh, <laughs> Bear in mind, folks, he's 21. And last night at about eleven o'clock, this was come up by with by a group of fifty year olds. Uh, not much, you know, not much spray experience. I can name one I've that I've sprayed myself. Um, Go ahead. I got nothing. I got nothing. That's great. All right. Well, I'm gonna put this one on the Dunes Club. Then, what's the oldest piece of equipment in the Dunes Club shop? Oh, that's a good one. I'll probably get it wrong too. Um, gosh, there's there's a track. I don't know. We just got new new tractors. Um, yeah, there's. A, I think there's a groundsmaster, some zero turn sitting, collecting dust. But that we use. What's a, what's a groundsmaster? Like a zero turn for uh, fairway rough, rough. Yeah, cutting. yeah. They they use it a lot. Um, Around the clubhouse. Yeah, almost like we use a lot going through uh, the tree lines in yeah. between okay. holes, kind of just busting up, chopping up debris gotcha. and leaves. and So it's rotary. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. Just okay. tearing stuff up. I'd go with that, yeah. All right. Um, what's the best piece of career advice you've ever been given? Mm. Probably just, you know, Go with I and I couldn't tell you who who this is from, but just kind of go with your gut. Like, don't I, I tend to? I definitely say I tend to second guess or overthink 
almost like going to a new place, getting anxiety, maybe like your yeah. first day. Um, but just kind of like, I don't know, I try to have a perspective of like how other people are looking at me. Like in my head, I'm, you know, sure. like, oh, everybody's watching every move like at a new place or like you're so i don't know kind of just make it simple don't overthink things you know i I feel like i tend to do that a lot uh just like believe in in, in my own head yeah so kind of just find all that confidence x all that out and just go with it yeah you're there for a reason already yeah Yeah. you know you got hired exactly you got past a lot of that but (laughs) i I get it man i mean it's like public public speaking for some people oh yeah you know, Which they, I, I hate. Yeah, you, you, you know, you get nervous, right? Yeah. I mean, I gave a speech. The first time I can ever remember was for, like, I was running for class president my freshman year. And, like, I had my freshman football jersey on, and I was up against a young lady, and she was speaking. And I sat there with my arms crossed, and I looked down, and my arms were literally bouncing. Yeah. Because my stomach was so anxious, like it was moving. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's weird. I look back on that, and I'm like, man, how uncomfortable was I? But – that's like the only time I can remember having that moment. And then I took a public speaking class at some point, but you just got to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, it's just like your job, like you're reps, talking about. Just, and until you've mowed that edge that scares you enough yeah, times, exactly, you're still going to have that feeling. So anyhow, all right. Um, well, what, here we go for a 21 year old. This is going to be good. What career advice would you give someone getting into the turf business? Mm, um, Don't do it like dad told me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd say, I don't know. It's tough. I was going to say, you know, finding a mentor, just finding a mentor with experience. Um, which, you know, I don't want – that kind of sounds like, oh, I, I was going to say, you know, someone of older age that's a superintendent sure. who's got tons of experience. Um, but that's not necessarily true. That's, you know – It doesn't it have doesn't to be, be age-related. Like yeah, I would sure, just I'm say someone that – I've found it very early on with Nate, just getting al- – someone you can get along with helps a ton. Like, I could hang yeah, out cause with Nate's Nate got outside of – 15 work. years' experience, yeah. and he seems like he's close to your age, yeah. so – Exactly. So that, the old that, guys. Yeah, that can help, but or it could be someone older, but just regardless, kind of find someone to take you under their wing and kind of show you, show you the ropes. So why were you not able to work with your dad? Uh, I you think, mentioned I'm family sure it was stuff. Just an HR thing. I, okay, I don't so think, the club might have had some I think, policy. I'm, I, yeah, I, I don't know that, that for sure. Um, but I, I think I remember trying to maybe work like the bag drop there or something, and I. Ended up working at another heritage property. Um, no, I like as that. backdrop, but I think that was the reason. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, I mean, that. could have been him. But you've heard of <laughs> guys. I mean, we know some where fathers, yeah. sons have followed fathers' yeah. jobs, mm-hmm. like they've worked together, or he's transferred in, or something. Yeah. So, and I mean, hell, I worked for a golf association that had a father and son together. Mm-hmm. So, but that's where I just, you know, when you have a policy, it sure does make it a lot easier. Yeah. And that's, I like, I probably would, if I were to do it over again, I'd probably do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Because I I talk to him, Not, I mean, my mom probably knows more turf than a lot. She should have had to have ever been blessed with. Yeah, like, 
the ta- the dinner table usually it's like try try not to talk about golf or turf, but some something will sneak in and then we just take off on it and then she's just like, Oh my gosh. Here we go again. Yeah. But no, she she's into it too. She doesn't play, but um You and your brother, two boys? Yep. That's yep. it? Yeah. Just us, yeah. So like my wife and our family, the only woman yeah. had to go yeah, get a female yeah. dog. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. all that nonsense. Yeah, I tell her she needs a dog. She Dude, Boykins, right? I mean, state dog. Yeah. Now, where's your, where are your folks originally from? Uh, both from Boston. Yeah. Um, dad's from Natick, Mass, and my mom's from Brookline. So did he come down for the job? They met out in California. They didn't even uh, know each other in Mass. Um, I think my they both moved out there pretty young after college and uh, and met out there, and then. Um, I believe whatever management company either my dad was working for or maybe it was just a new one that had reached out about uh, Hilton Head. So I think they I'll pepper him with all those love child questions in San San Francisco and what he was doing out there and all those things later. Let you listen to it so you don't have to hear it at the dinner table. How about that? (laughs) All right. Well, you got anything else you want to throw out there or um, tell people where you're going to be working in 20 years? Uh, 20. I know. I. I mean, I'd love to. I'm going to Eastward Ho this summer just for an internship, kind of just once again to explore. Uh, just because a little young, I didn't want to hop straight into an assistance job after graduation. Might as well explore. Wow, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're backpacking across Europe yeah, thing that got, we all are supposed got, to do. <laughs> I have no responsibilities right now. So, how far are you from Maidstone? Uh, mate, uh, that's got to be like. Five hours, I think. Just so it's like of, from here to Raleigh. Yeah, yeah. It's not a big they're deal very, for me. They're very close like that, but you got to drive all the way around for Long Island. Uh, Don't leave your cell phone numbers here. Yeah, that's all I would say because we might have to come visit this summer. Yeah, but um, both twenty years. I don't, I, I'd always love to get back to Chichester. I, I think that course it's one of my favorite courses in that area. Um, and yeah, just the the team over there, I like a lot. Um, so I think that would be my answer as of right now. So 10, 12 years ago, different boards set up, different folks serving, et cetera, mm-hmm. Bill, John Davis. And you two have just nailed what I have said so many times when people are like, hey, man, if we were going to come play 36 holes in South Carolina, where would you take us? Mm-hmm. What would you do? It's real simple. We're mm-hmm. either going to stay in the lodge or we're going to stay in the clubhouse and we're going to go down and we're going to walk 18 at Secession and then we're going to yeah. walk 18 at Chesty Creek. And That's you're going to get – the complete opposites of the golf world. Oh, yeah. And you don't have to worry about hitting house for two days. Yeah. Because yeah. they're my – I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about them. I got a father-in-law that lives on the island down there, and I'll go down and I'll – I'd rather be at one of those two properties. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, – They're special. That, that more just northeast of Hill and Cut, Beaufort area almost, and even Bluffton, like those, those – some of those private clubs are, I think, a lot uh, – cooler golf courses in my opinion um than some of the hilton head tracks yeah we had a conversation earlier with somebody and you know the problem with some of those on hilton head is that the golf courses were there for a purpose which was Mm -hmm. to dispose of the wastewater so you can only make them but so fancy amongst Mm -hmm. all those homes yeah and so but they're they're all great never Mm -hmm. slander a facility but all right mr wathwell thank you for your time today thank you and good luck this summer appreciate Um, it and don't be surprised if Mr. Huntoon and I have to come do a yeah. visit. More than welcome. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you now. Thank you. All right. Welcome back to Pulling Weeds. 
We've got Parker Born with us today. Parker, say hello. How's everybody doing? We're doing great today, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> crowd loves you already. Thank you, thank you. Got you feeling comfortable. Okay, we're going to jump right in with Parker. Parker, where are you from, man? Uh, I was originally born in Myrtle Beach. Uh, I spent 11 years there and then 11 years in Greenville. Wait, wait, right up here? Yes, sir. Yep, graduated Malden High School. Did you really? Mm-hmm. My son plays them in basketball. Really? Where's he go? Cool. Powdersville. Powdersville. Patriots. So, so we can speak go. the language. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. feeling way more comfortable already. All right. So you were in Greenville for 11 years. Yes, sir. But you're back at the beach. Yep. For now. What you doing? Uh, school. Ori Georgetown. Uh, I'm in my second year, about to graduate uh, next month. That's awesome. Well, May. Yep. So what are you gonna do? Uh, I've got an internship lined up on Long Island with Maidstone Club. What? Um, yep. What? Oh, yeah. I wanted to get some cool season experience uh, in a different environment. You know, I've been in the southeast my whole life, uh, ready to see another part of the country. Um, and, you know, obviously Maidstone, John Genovese and his crew up there, they do a real good job, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Now, how did you fall into that? Uh, you know, turf net. Okay. Um, you know, wanting to – Wanted to see some more before I jumped into a you know a assistance job or something like that. Uh, so you know second internship. I did my first one in Atlanta last summer, uh, renovating the Riverside course. Um, and now I want to do you know just some cool season experience at a, another great great course. So that's cool, man. Oh, Maidstone. Yeah. I've heard stories about that place. Mm-hmm. You got another youngster we're going to talk to in a minute. So they're on other end of the table, whose father's a hell of a golfer too. It sounds like maybe. Your dad and I need to go take a road trip to check on him, and you drive us there as old people. And we have a foursome sitting right here at the table minus uh, Harrison's father or something. But um, All right, well, I'm glad I met Parker today, everyone. I'm going to go ahead and put it out on air that um, I'll probably be following up with him at some point and going to the Northeast, there you go. all jokes aside, to uh, play a little golf. But um, have you done any other work on a golf course down here, anywhere? That we uh, yes, so I started working at Chateau Elan in Brazelton, Georgia. I uh, lived in Athens for a little bit, too, so it was quite the commute uh, there every day. I uh, worked there for about a year, Mike Brisbow and Chris Webb, um, and basically... Phenomenal property. Did you ever get oh, to stay yeah. there? Uh, no, no. Okay, my my mom did a lot. She'd go do spa weekends awesome. with, with her friends, but... Uh, you know, so worked there. Didn't want to mow greens for the rest of my life, so, you know... Chris kind of gave me the nudge to go to school, um, and my grandfather actually told me about Ori Georgetown. So uh, came back to the beach, and funniest thing about that is growing up in Myrtle Beach, you know, I'd drive by Ori Georgetown and Coastal and think, man, you know, if I ever end up there, something something happened. Um, but, I, you know, I have no complaints. You know, Ori Georgetown has fulfilled everything I could have imagined, and honestly the, the education I've gotten is top-notch, you know. So no challenges with having to transition teachers in between here. Your oh no, year. no, no! It's been great, uh, Mr. Huntoon. He's he's really brought in a lot of knowledge, and we're kind of seeing the the program start to modernize a little bit. Um, Wait, who is Mr. Huntoon? Oh, is that Jim? James Carl Huntoon. Yes, oh sir. gosh, he got the full bone, man. You sound like a guy who used to work for him or something, giving he, him a uh, lot of respect. That's oh, awesome. Well, I, I respect him. You know, he came in and you know right off the bat, really, you know took control and jumped right into the semester and you know he's taught us a lot good um i I enjoy it glad glad to have met him you know heard a lot about him and then finally get to actually you know work with him day in and day out yeah nice chateau elon man that's special so i got a 
boy that's playing basketball out of Atlanta, so I get to drive by it mm-hmm. pretty much every weekend. Cool I get little you property, and they've actually got, you know, so there's one course they've got uh, Bermuda Greens, and then the other course is Woodlands has bent grass. They still have bent? Yep. And Mike Brisbo, he is... He's, he knows a lot about bent grass. He's been the only superintendent there at Chateau Lawn, so he knows that course. Ever. Like back of his hand. Yep, I bet he knows it. how to grow grapes, too, then, by now. Oh, I'm sure he does. God dang. Sure. That property's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. All right, so today we've got kind of a, uh, a standard question that we have to ask everyone, and I can't really tell you the origins, per se, of how we figured this out, but um, just bear with me. And then we're going to go through our 1 through 10 and let you pick your number, and we'll, we're going to – banter from there all right all right how many deviled eggs can you make from two whole eggs hmm four yeah i mean it's a great answer it's kind of what we were thinking too it just depends a little bit sometimes um there was a conversation on this recently Mm -hmm. so somebody had apparently ordered some deviled eggs and three showed up huh halves that's what I'm saying. I know you cut them in half. My grandma makes a, a yeah. mean deviled egg. but So the argument was, if you order some in a restaurant, you order deviled eggs, and one and a half show up. Where's the other half of my egg? <laughs> but as grandma would tell you, she probably makes them dozens at a time, you know, mm-hmm. so serving them in three. Anyways, okay. This is going to be funny to somebody who listens, probably not you and me right now. All right, I'm going to start with number one because I just want to know, and then I'm going to let you pick some. Okay. What is your dream? You play golf. Yes. Okay, cool. What's your dream foursome? Who is it? Oh, gosh. Um, and if you put Jim Huntoon in there, I might just cut this thing off right now. Just kidding. I'll say uh, buddy I worked with last year in Atlanta, Jack Hart. He uh, He's he's a pretty funny guy. I'd love to have him. Um, Harrison over here, I play a lot with him. I Actually, no, I, I don't want you to be on my foursome this time. I uh, play enough with him. Oh, I love yeah. it. Um, Ian Cherry. Okay. Yeah, he graduated the program uh, last semester. He's down at uh, what is it, Oldfield? He's at Oldfield now with with Ricky. Um, him, he can beat the ball off the tee, so I'd have him in my group. I'm thinking this is more as a scramble for something. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, obviously myself, and then who else? Honestly, uh, Sean A. Church out of Atlanta Athletic. I don't know how much okay. golf he plays anymore, but he. He, he's entertaining, you know, and I'd, I'd love to, to get on the course with him. So it sounds to me like, unlike some students, um, that you actually take the time to create some relationships with these folks in these places where you've worked. Mm-hmm. What, what, do you, what would you say the value in that is for those who maybe don't take the time to build those relationships? So once you've moved on, you know, you can call on these folks. Mm-hmm. Um connections really i was telling somebody yesterday i really like the word networking and everything it involves and you know you meet these people and a year down the road you might run into them again and you know they have opportunities for you or you could even have opportunities for them um you know and just building that network where people know who you are and you know who they are and you can you know just i think everything runs a lot more smooth when you've got a big group of people that you can rely on and work with and yeah well, I think you've got that name recognition too, you know, from like a whole movie series and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So how how often do you hear that? Daily? A lot, actually. Um, I grew up, you know, growing up, I never watched the movies, so I can remember specifically, you know, people are like, "Oh, you're related to Jason Bourne," and no idea who Jason Bourne is. <laughs> like, you know? what are you talking about? My parents just told me to say he's my cousin. Exactly, so. that's great. But uh, yeah, no, I'm not as I don't think I'm as cool as him, but he's 
So you've watched the movie since? Oh, yeah. Felt I, like you I, had, I had to. to yep. That's great. Well, I got Freddy Krueger growing up all the time, really? if that yep. makes you feel any better. So, um, But I don't know. You might not even... You old enough to know Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know them all. All right. Perfect. All right. I'm going to just pick one through 11, man. We've already done one. Two one through 11. Through 11. Um, pick a number. Seven. And don't go cheating over there if you don't like these numbers and picking a different one. All right. Oh, this is a good one. At what point did you know, not necessarily age, but like mm-hmm. when was your aha moment that you wanted to be a golf course superintendent? Um, Really around that same time, you know, after I've been working on a golf course for a year, I'd, I'd seen it through all the seasons. Uh, and they kind of said, you know, do you want to mow greens for the rest of your life? And at that point, I realized that there's so much more to the, the job, you know, and being a manager, you know, uh, really, probably first way through my f- first, the first half of my first semester. Okay. Um, you know, once I started to get a lot of information down, understanding the basics of golf course maintenance after, you know, from a managerial standpoint. Um, and then kind of just seeing how much fun some of these guys have with it. Um, and then the other thing, too, you know, you're working outside day in and day out. It's never really a bad day at the office, you know, when you've got something to look at. Um yeah, you know, I'd say about first half of my first semester. That's awesome. Why, why'd you work on a golf course to begin with? <laughs> Free golf. <laughs> I, I do. I love so, the candor. Uh, right Dude, before, this guy's going places, y'all. Right before COVID started. I was actually working at Haas Family Golf up in Greenville. Oh, yep. Eagle Zone. Yes, yes. And so it was actually interesting when I heard you guys record that uh were you working there at the time? No, no. I worked there from... Like right before that? 2019 and 2020. Yep. Uh, so COVID hit, and they had some layoffs in the shop. Um, so I moved down to Athens, and, you know, lockdown started. I was really wanting to play some more golf, and there wasn't a lot of stuff hiring in Athens. So, you know, I get on, and uh, Chateau Long was looking for greenskeepers. You know, didn't know anything about it. Uh, couldn't have told you what a sand pro was from day one. Um Got in, you know, after my first day, I was like, I really want to keep doing this. So. so they didn't just put you on a weed eater. It sounds like you had some other experiences in that first No, no. My, uh, my first piece of equipment I ever used was uh, of a Ohio. So I was cutting cups my first day. Man, that's something. Not a lot of people can say that. Mm-mm. All right, all right. So, um, oh, pick another number. It was 2 through 11. Uh, what was 11? <laughs> I feel like this is a loaded question. Why is it important to know the life cycle of a mole cricket? Oh, gosh. Um, know when to kill them. Know when they're about to show up. Plus, they are probably one of the most prominent pests. You know, if you're going to be dealing with them as much as we are, you might as well know them, the ins and outs. I didn't um, expect to have to ask a mole cricket that question. <laughs> oh, that's I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that's why he's laughing over here well, the whole that's time. That's one thing we ask is, you know, we're the fighting mole crickets. Are we the southern or are we a tawny? You know, I, I'd like to be a southern mole cricket. They seem like What's the, the difference? Well, the sunny. They're the sunny. The southern ones, they're the ones that, you know, they're they're the aggressors. They're the, they're the predators of the mole Oh, you're cricket. talking to me like I've gone to turf school. No, no, no. See, I don't know anything about turf, so I'm learning everything you're saying. Well, the, yeah, those, those southern mole crickets, they're the rough ones. So if we're the, if we're the fighting mole crickets, I'd, I'd say we're southern. How far south are the southern ones predominantly? Like Mason-Dixon line? Or oh, like, gosh, I couldn't tell know. you. Yeah. Professor Untune, I'm going to need your, we'll have your to call input on that. Phone in a friend on this <laughs> one, guys. 
All right. Pick another one. Let's see. Seven, 11. Uh, what is number two? Who's the favorite? Who's your favorite superintendent you've worked for? Oh, that's not fair. Um, all all of them really. You know, good answer. I, they uh they all teach you something different. Um, Sean, he's probably one of the funniest people I've ever met. Very interesting too. You know, he's fun to talk to. You know, he he was very busy during the renovation, but he'd still take his time. You know, because he was he was working the Highlands course and the Riverside course. But uh, you know, he'd still take his time out of the day to chit chat with you. You know, really dive in deep and explain what we were doing, you know, throughout the, the renovation. Um, but also, you know, Mr. Brisbo as well, he, he'd been working a long time, knew, knew what he was doing at that course. And just, you know, for me being as green as I was, he really was able to, you know, slow, slow down and teach me the ropes, especially when you're working, you know, 45 holes and you've got nine people on a good day. Wow. Um, you know, and then, you know, right now I'm at Dunes Club with, you know, Steve Hamilton and, and JT and Boston Cook and all those guys, you know, they're they're awesome. Good, good organization down there. And, you know, just, you know, I haven't had an issue with any of the people I've worked with. They're all my favorite. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, it, it, it appears to me, and I might be wrong, but that when you come to work, mm-hmm. Through whatever interactions you've had with each one of those individuals, it seems like you have figured out how to show them that you're willing to work mm-hmm. to some degree and willing to learn. Is mm-hmm. that a fair statement? It is. I mean, and at, at this point, this is my, my learning stage of the career. Um, and, you know, just wanting to learn as much as possible. Um, I don't know. You know, I just want to be good at what I do and to do that really got to take the time you know I, i'd like to make the relationships with you know my my employers so that you know they want to do everything they can for me and so at age 22 you've already figured out it's better to not be that guy who says it's not my job when it comes to a task and just doing it on your own mm-hmm. yeah i like it will uh you know just the grit i like being kind of thrown into those situations and have to you know prevail um, you know, kind of here, you know, they told me last second, do I want to be on the podcast? Sure. You know, throw me on it. Let me. Sure. Um, all right. Well, let me throw you a softball. Okay. Hobbies. What do you do outside of golf? Play golf? Uh, yep. Play a lot of golf, probably two times a week. Um, I like to hunt, you know, we're in between seasons right now, but, uh, hunt did, what? uh, I did a lot of duck hunting this season, um, you. getting ready for turkey season, got some tags, uh, and I just got into deer hunting my parents moved from greenville to chesterfield south carolina oh bought some property so we've we've had quite a quite a time out there for the last year they got any turkeys out there oh yeah oh yeah uh i wouldn't say a lot of toms but there's a lot of hens running around nice well mm-hmm. but you're in the low country down there right chesterfield no it's chesterfield's game zone two it's i think Three, three or four, but so we're, yeah, in, so we're in the already sand hills. Yep. Uh, yeah, they opened the 22nd, but yeah. I'm not sure if that was private or public. I think it was both. Yeah. Um, because up here, we're this Saturday, the first. Really? Game zones one and two. Okay. Because I'll chase a dirty bird with you anytime mm-hmm. you want to go. I'm ready. Yeah, I, I hunted a lot last year for turkey. I didn't ever see any or, you know, nothing to shoot at, but... I'm hoping to be a little more optimistic this year. Apparently, somebody told me by the time you've seen a turkey while you're hunting, they've already seen you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and 
based on my ability to sit still about as good as yours um turkey hunting's a good challenge yeah and that's why i don't do a lot of deer hunting i've i've got to be in a covered stand ran off too many yep so i i quit deer hunting i don't sit still for too for too, too yeah long. i don't either but i found that if you get the right stand where it's just your head above there Mm-hmm. you can almost contain all the rest of the crap that goes on when you can't sit still. Mm-hmm. Like I have a 14-year-old, and about seven or eight years ago, I realized that yelling at him for not sitting still was doing no good because mm-hmm. it's not his fault. you got to teach, you know, let them learn on their own, really, too. And I, I started to learn a lot of that stuff when I began hunting on my own and not yeah. having to sit with my dad every... So when you get back to work and you're talking to Steve Hamilton sometime, mm-hmm. right, ask Steve, say, Steve, why do you not think Tim can turkey hunt? <laughs> Because he is one of the few that says that I don't sit still long enough to be able to sit in the woods. He's like, there's just no way. So I send him pictures every time I get something. But um, he's a past president of ours. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody asked me who's your favorite past president on the spot like you were, he'd have to be in my one of my answers. I couldn't just give one award alone. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're all great guys in, in every right. Okay. Let's go one more, man. We're rolling. You're doing um, great. Let's do number... Nine. Oh, the wildest thing you've ever found on a golf course. Mm. Uh, let's see. I have found one time a, I wouldn't, I guess it was somebody playing, um, left a scorecard in the pin and had left a note about how the maintenance crew was not nice enough to players we didn't smile enough we didn't wave um and they talking about how basically the golfers were paying our salary and that we needed to be nicer to them um and i put that on twitter if anybody wanted to look you just gotta scroll through far enough and you'd find it uh but i'd say probably the only thing that's worse than that was i found a pair of shorts that had been defiled i guess somebody uh-huh. somebody couldn't hold it uh-huh. and uh, just had to throw them over there off in the tree line somewhere all right parker with that I'm going to ask you one last question. All right. What golf course are you going to be at in 20 years? Um, yeah. Uh, Dream I, job in the Carolinas, just to put Carolinas, you on the spot. Um, secession. Oh, you know I have my name on a locker down there. Really? It's not permanent. It's just one of the plates that they slide in, but yes. Yep. Yes, so my top three were Atlanta Athletic, TPC Sugarloaf, and Secession. And I've been on all three properties, and Secession took the cake. Did you um, work with Zach while you were at Sugarloaf? Uh, no, I, I only did the uh, Mitsubishi Classic last year. I got you. Yeah, cool. but but Kyle Kyle is awesome. Yeah, that's a great place, man. Mm-hmm. All right, Parker. Well, thank you for your time, and um, man, I wish you the best in your career. Thank you, Tim. Yes, sir. It's good to be on here. I was. Telling uh, some people today, I'm a long-time listener, first-time talker. So Awesome. Well, feel free to jump in and listen to yourself. It's as awkward as they always say it is, at least for All me. Right. Well, thank you much, Tim. Yes, sir. Have a great day, everybody. Right. You too. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Pullin' Weeds, a podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Be on the lookout for the next episode of Pullin' Weeds, coming out soon. For more information on the Carolinas GCSA, please visit our website at www.carolinasgcsa.org or call our office at 864-843-1150.